strangers, and residents of Angel Grove. Welcome to another episode of Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, at Gravcast, and I've got with me my lovely co-host, Kennedy. What's up? And today, we have our lovely guest co-host, Ra-Ra. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. What have you been working on lately? I have been working on kind of content for my Patreon. Right now, it's kind of just a little archive of all my other like podcast appearances and like art that I've done and just like little like videos and clips and stuff like that. But I am working actually on something really, really cool. It's going to be a combination Twitch stream and podcast, and it'll all be archived in my Patreon. So that is what I'm working on right now. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Have you considered doing like subscriber only streams? I have considered doing that. Uh, I think I'm going to start doing that when I reach like a certain level. Uh, I haven't really decided what that is yet, but I kind of want to like make a little, what's it, like a milestone kind of effort to get something like exclusive going for the, you know, really loyal people. What have you been streaming on there? Well, my first stream was like, Animal Crossing, me just playing Animal Crossing, but right. I, I and the second stream I had was uh, me shaving my head on Twitch to promote my Patreon. I watched some of that. Ren and yeah. I both actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I'm releasing the little highlight of that on my Patreon uh, for my subscribers. It's like three dollars at the lowest level, and I and that's for like all the content I'm putting out. But yeah, I, I I shaved my head on Twitch, and it was really fun. I used that to promote my Patreon, and I got a grand total of da 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 three subscribers but i have more subscribers now i have like eight or nine now which is cool that's awesome so yeah so i've been like kind of just here and there with it but that's what i'm working on right now so you guys can follow me on there it's patreon.com slash island goth is what it is so this podcast that you said you were working on what is the podcast going to be about so it is going to be unapologetically femme leftist agitprop I'm going to be kind of creating media for like leftist femmes because a lot of mainstream leftist media like excuse hyper masculine. So Mm -hmm. I kind of just wanted to put more out there that was along like a more feminine lens and also just kind of like a little bit irreverent and just like focusing on things that I want to talk about like. I want to talk about community organizing, but I want to hear from like non-men because I feel like a lot of organizations tend to be more, you know, masculine and uh, masculine facing. Um, So I wanted to hear from like femme organizers, non-men organizers, and also just I wanted a place to talk to my friends and people I want to talk to about makeup and fashion and social media and pop culture and everything I want to talk about, but from a leftist angle. So Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. definitely a great idea. What is your experience with Power Rangers? (laughs) Oh, what isn't my experience with Power Rangers? No, Uh I was like so into Power Rangers as a kid. Like me and my brother had so many Power Ranger toys. We actually, we had like a big poster of the original Rangers in our bedroom and we also had like all of the action figures, the ones where like the the head flips around, where it's like the normal head, and then it flips around to their helmet head. Nice. Did I you ever remember see those? that. Yeah. We had, we had all of those, and yeah, um, and we also had like a ton of the playing cards, which I don't know if you all remember, but they had like a ton of playing cards, um, and a lot of them were like holographic looking, and they were really cool. 
And I I guess we, as a kids, were, like, in a weird, like, collector mindset already. Um, very, like, American, <laughs> very Americanized mindset of, like, collecting right. things. Because we didn't open up, like, 90% of the trading cards we had. We had, like, unopened packs of cards, like, just chilling in our, yeah. And I'm like, how did we never open these? Like, we, ha- we opened, like, two packs and we're like, we got to save the rest of them. They're going to be so valuable later. And now we can't find them, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, we were diehard, diehard, diehard Power Rangers fans, at least up until like after the second movie, I want to say. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good stretch of time. That's at least four years. Yeah. I mean, I think we yeah. started aging out of it after that. Like it was like a just slightly too, you know, kitty. So we kind of stopped watching, but it's still only gotten crazier. I feel like like the concepts are just kind of getting even more out there. Right? Like, I don't even really recognize it that much anymore. Although the newest one is obviously, like, it's like an homage to the to the OG. I gotta, I gotta watch called. it. I gotta Beast watch it Morpher or something like that. I watched a little bit of it because I was just curious. I had been watching all this old Power Rangers. And I was like, what's the brand new? I actually don't know what the brand new Power Rangers is like. So I just, like, wa- watched a little bit of that one day. And I was like, oh, this is funny because this is clearly got a lot of strong homage elements to the original series in this particular series 20 years later that I chose to watch. You yes, know? <laughs> yeah. I always imagined them doing like a CW remake of like Power Rangers because I feel like that would be like a great spin on it, you know? Just like a really hyper dramatic like 90210 but with like mor- like morphers and stuff. So I don't know. That's my vision for it though. I mean, watch Beast Morphers. It had some like low key, C- not high key, but low key CW vibes for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's like the only shows I want to watch anymore. Yeah. I would also say Dino Charge is another one of those like very CW ified kids action <laughs> shows. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to spoil Kennedy on that because Kennedy needs to watch it with me and I need to stream his reaction to it because it is batshit insane. <laughs> But yeah, so that's awesome to hear. I'm glad, you know, we got you to revisit some of that nostalgia. So coming into it, what were your expectations of these like highlighted episodes from season one? Um, I just I don't remember like I, I remember a lot of the tropes from the show, but I don't remember a lot of the specific like plot lines. I just remember it being like I remember how the show was made and how they spliced, you know, footage from the Japanese production and with the American one and that the right. mon- it was just like kind of a monster of the week kind of thing and of course like the Power Rangers theme and I remembered all of the all of the animals that were attached to them. Like I was very like clear on that. And also I just like remember like how all these people ended up. Like I I read like a where are they now kind of thing like years ago and I just like never forgot that information so like that's all (laughs) in my like messed up brain like that's what I remember the most is like feeling nostalgic for it and then like looking up to see what happened to them all and being like really sad (laughs) like so yeah so I didn't really have any expectations other than like I knew it was gonna like bring back some nice fuzzy memories so yeah it was fun though it was was fun to rewatch it totally now in this episode of Sentai Truther Club what we did was is we wanted to highlight what our favorite episodes of the season were and what we thought were the worst episodes of the season. So Kennedy and I have different picks. We chose to not overlap the episodes, I guess, to make Rara's life harder or maybe better. I'm not sure. I but... chose honestly. I wasn't <laughs> trying to be disagreeable. 
I I just really picked the episodes. I I I took extensive notes. I I wrote about eight pages of notes about season one, and I went through my notes and I I made a decision. You know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the episodes <laughs> that you picked were definitely great episodes in their own right. I just thought I was like, wow. Okay. Cool. I guess Kennedy might have been trying to be like a bit of a contrarian about this. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe it was subconscious. I don't know. So I, I tried to watch all the episodes that y'all listed, but truthfully, I'm sorry. They're painting outside my window right now. That's like the clanking you hear on the second floor. So no, you're I fine. that's not too distracting. Anyway, not that bad. So I tried to watch the episodes that you provided, but I truthfully didn't get through them all. So this will be very interesting to like figure out the context of the episodes from what you're <laughs> well, talking Well, the good news about. is, is that you probably watch these episodes and you're going to remember them and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I yeah. remember that from when I was a kid. Yeah, maybe. I did remember, like, I did remember a little bit from, like, uh, one of the earlier episodes. I think it was, like, Hi-Fi or something, where Trini's afraid of heights. Or I think that was the episode. That might have been the wrong title for it. But no, that was I remember right that one. one. Yeah, I yeah. remember that one. Like, I was like, oh, I remember this when it came out. So, yeah. So, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Because I, I, <laughs> I wrote some notes. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, we're going to start with our favorite episodes first. I'm going to let you guys figure out uh, whether High Five made it to the favorites or the worst. But <laughs> the first one I picked, I guess, right off the bat, pretty much as soon as I wrote up like the outline to this docket was Green with Evil Part 4. So specifically, Green with Evil Part 4 is the episode where the Power Rangers uh, have only had minor wins against this particular battle against Rita. This is when uh, Rita Repulsa kidnaps Tommy and basically brainwashes him to become the Green Ranger and become this super powerful servant to her and destroy the Power Rangers from within. And he was successful. Uh, by the end of this episode, the Power Rangers essentially don't know what to do. The Zords are gone. Tommy is still super powerful and they now learn who the Green Ranger is because this whole time they've been kept in suspense and they can't really make an action against Tommy without being 100% sure considering how much power the Rangers have. So with that being said, I thought that this was probably the best episode of the entire season, uh, if I'm being honest with you. I think that if you were to ask someone to watch Power Rangers with you and they'd be like, oh, well... Give me an example episode to watch. I would pick this one. Specifically part four. Because I think like as a viewer, if you don't know who the Green Ranger is, it is so much better to watch it. Because I don't think I don't think Tommy ever once appears outside of the outfit except for the very end in this particular yeah. episode. So uh, so I'm trying to remember like so so he doesn't show up because I was watching these kind of out of order and I just remember the first episode I saw him in like on the rewatch of this I was like oh shit there's Tommy and he doesn't like show up until like way later in the season right like this is way further along in the season yeah, about about a third of the way into the season is when Tommy shows up so there's like 68 total episodes or 60-ish episodes and like episode 17 I believe is where Green with Evil yep. starts Yep. Um, okay. And the show was kind of floundering in the ratings before that. And it was like, after that, it was like an explosion. The show was way more successful. So 
It's all Tommy, though. He's it's so all, yeah. hot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember before that point, I was like, I don't really, none of these characters are like, I mean, you know, like when you're like a horny kid or whatever, which is like a common thing, but like, you're like, ah, oh, whatever, none of this is really, like Kimberly was hot, but then none of the guys really did it for me, you know? And when Tommy came around, I was like, oh, hell yeah here's the sex appeal and like i know that sounds creepy but like anyone who's ever been like a six or seven year old girl knows exactly what i'm talking about you're like you need someone to crush on basically like you need to like pour all your weird like sexual energy into like a tv show or something and that was tommy for me so yeah i'm a big it's fan understandable of understandable yeah. uh they also did a lot of fan service and the fan service that they did was definitely one of kennedy's favorite episode picks but before we get into that kennedy what did you think with about green with evil part four uh, i think it's definitely i mean the green with evil arc is pretty amazing overall i think part four is definitely a really strong moment like you said it's like so basically at the end of episode one of green with evil they're in a really bad situation at the end of episode two the situation is just worse like they haven't improved anything everything is worse <laughs> End of episode three, they've made a couple of small victories, but things are still overall worse than they were at the end of episode one. Like, they're still losing ground on the whole. Um, <laughs> episode four is where they finally, like, they strike back a little bit, and they're like, we have to do something, you know? And they're, like, using everything that they got, and it's got a very desperate feeling because, again, the stakes are really high and everything's been going so wrong. So, yeah, I think I thought episode four of Green with Evil is a, a really incredible episode. And I could definitely see why you picked it as a favorite because it really stood out as, like, a really strong moment. It's, the, it's where the, the story starts to turn from, like, is this hopeless to, like, wait, maybe the Rangers can do this. And, like, that's a very <laughs> exciting moment. How funny would it have been, though, if they were, like, four episodes of them losing hard and then like and they just did it like a like an Andy Kaufman bit. It's just like I mean that's kind like of been the case. Episode five, it's still losing. Episode six, still freaking losing. Like that would have been so funny. Cause that really only equals like an hour and a half or something like that. So it's like they could have like done it. <laughs> just demoralized all their viewers and then like had them come back and like win. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've kind of said, I've been on record before in the episode prior to this one where I said there exists a timeline where Tommy served Rita and won because this episode, there doesn't seem to be an out here. Like the part five, Zor they get Zordon back and Zordon uses his magic powers to resurrect mechanical uh, dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, as tools. So it's like, and and like these, these Zors are also supposed to be living beings, kind of like Transformers almost. So it's, right. it's really weird. And there's a lot of like weird godlike maneuvers that Zordon pulls off. But if Zordon didn't have those godlike powers, this would have been it. This would have been the end of Power Rangers. Yeah. I just wonder what's the inner life of a Zord, you know, or a Zoid? What's the inner life like? We're just like waiting to get called up by some teens to for some action. Like they're just waiting around for a bunch of teenagers to like. They hide in them. Earth's crust. <laughs> it seems like they live underground. Yeah. Like they're just... Yeah. Like what do they do down there? Like 
they just, they just hibernate in a cave you know <laughs> just chilling vibing just vibing <laughs> vibing in the earth's core <laughs> Rara, you were probably vibing to Gung Ho. This was the episode of one of two of Kennedy's favorite episode picks. Yeah. This episode featured basically fan service, like huge of amounts of fan service to both Tommy and Jason as they're both trying to coordinate a team kung fu play of sorts that gets graded. <laughs> It's no, it's like, I mean, it's like, it, it is a martial arts tournament. It's just a very, it's a very loose, uh, almost like pro wrestling type format when the tournament finally comes around. It's very theatrical in some ways, but yeah, Gung Ho, I thought was, I, I think is a really incredible episode for a lot. I think it's like, I think it's good on a lot of levels. Like, I think it's good from the perspective of like, I'm a kid watching this and I want a good action show. I also think it's good from like an, I'm an adult watching this and I'm looking for like the funny things about this show, you know, like yeah. there's just like a lot of appeal to it. Um, So like, yeah, it starts with. Tommy and Jason need to like work together for this martial arts competition and they're just like not and they just like keep getting competitive with each other and they're like like the first two like, chads you know and you get them both in a room <laughs> right it's exactly it's the two chads meme you know and they're just they're just like beating on each other for like the first five minutes it's just incredible um and the te- the rest of the team just cuts to them occasionally and they're like oh guys and, you know face palming like sexual tension is too much uh, and then Bulk shows up. I, I There's so many things I love about this episode. Bulk shows up and he's somehow just got these two like ninjas, like in <laughs> full ninja garb that he, he's like, he's like managing and entering into the competition. And it's just like, okay, I guess, uh, like, I guess that's a thing that's happening. And so like, he's got these like professional ninjas. And so it's like, oh, dang, Tommy and Jason really need to get it together. And from there, like, it kind of turns into this team building exercise thing where these putties show up that, like, have bolder hands and are, like, stronger <laughs> than normal putties. Um, and uh, the rangers, like, the other rangers, like, hold the putties off but, like, can't beat them while Tommy and Jason are sent by Zordon to, like, go get these weapons that will be able to beat them. And this is another thing where, like, I just really love this because Zordon is just very unethical at times. And so when Tommy and Jason get to these weapons, Titanus is there waiting for them. It just starts like shooting fire at them. And Titanus is like this Loch Ness monster Zord. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, like, so they get the weapons, they beat the putties, everything. And, and Tommy and Jason learn to work together. They beat up the ninjas at the competition, etc. At, at the end of the episode, Zord, they're like, they're like, what was that Titanus creature though? We might have to fight that again. And Zordon's like, actually, Titanus is a powerful ally and friend, and I was just fucking with you. <laughs> and like, this is such an incredible moment. So many incredible <laughs> moments. Um, the episode is is really racist. I will throw that out there. The whole like the name Gung Ho. There's this whole, like, running premise about, like, gung-ho as a term and where it comes from and what it means. And none of it's true and all of it's racist. <laughs> so there is that aspect, which I will not apologize for at all. They did all, a but, lot of shit in the 90s. Uh, other than that, I thought it was a great episode. <laughs> I think this is where I noticed the most racism from Trini of, like, mm-hmm. how they wrote it. 
because she says you got to practice the ancient Chinese saying of gung ho or something like that. And I'm just like, you're Vietnamese. Oh my God. Shit. Yeah, they really went there. Yeah, so liberalism was like, hey, what if we did racist stereotyping, but we spun it in a good way? Yeah, basically. That that type of stuff is, it's wild because at first I didn't notice it and it wasn't until the rewatch where I was like, wait a second, what? Why? It's that like meritocracy sort of bullshit that they do, I'm sure, in terms of job hiring. So it's like, instead of getting a person who is an expert on the topic and can write, they're going to be like, oh, but I know my best buddy over here who wrote such and such and I really liked it. Or I know my buddy over here has run seven awards for his writing. He could surely write up a good black character despite that him being white and living in the suburbs. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. 90s writers rooms for a lot of these like shows were not it's not like now where like a lot of shows have resources and like whole departments at like networks that are like dedicated to like do you want to talk to a trans person about what it's like to be trans you can do that before you write your show you know like like you know like that's like a thing now in the 90s it was just like a bunch of white guys doing cocaine in a room unaccountable to anyone just like woo america like you know writing this stuff but now it's also like 20 percent women with them in the room saying how do i also not get canceled let's let's actually go right into return of an old friend so return of an old friend part one specifically was an episode i picked and it was another episode where the rangers were getting shit on by rita's monster of the week and to the point where they're like all right guys we need to do a two-parter it was very very well done in this instance we got to meet everyone's parents as well who you could also tell by their favorite colors. Assigned Power Ranger at birth. Jason's dad is just literally wearing the same red t-shirt that Jason wears, but one size larger. Jason's like, dad is a total, like, peak years were in high school. Yeah. He's never done anything more interesting than be the star quarterback to a, a high school football team. So in return of an old friend, the Power Rangers are getting their ass whooped by Rita Repulsa's Freak of the Week, who is able to teleport their parents into a dark dimension while it's a, it's just a parent's day. It's not a parent-teacher <laughs> conference or anything. It's just parent's day for the, the parents to introduce themselves to the other parents and have drinks and food and get to know the teachers and get to know the principals and stuff, but no report cards. You love to see it, folks. You love to see it. I love it when uh, I don't have parental expectations. Clearly, they operate under a gradeless Montessori-type system <laughs> in Angel Grove. Yeah, you just get uh, you get the class ranking, and that's it. With exactly, like, one cafeteria worker who's always there. Like, Ernie, he's always there in the same shirt. I could never figure out, like, where are his coworkers? Where are the other people that work at this school? It's just him. <laughs> Do you ever notice that? <laughs> he has replicators in the back. Oh, Star Trek yeah. style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing is, is that I don't think this is the school. Like, I think this is legitimately the school cafeteria. But Ernie doesn't actually work at the school. He works at a what? gym and juice bar inside the youth center. Oh, is that the youth center? I thought yeah. that was part of their school. No, that's the gym and juice idiot. bar is the youth center. Yeah. 
So I guess Ernie is just really popular around town. And they're like, yeah, Ernie, you're definitely invited to this high school event. Well, I thought it was at the youth center. Like they're having the event at the youth center conveniently. Why? Is what happened? Oh, that's so I, because, Why? Because... Why would a school do that? <laughs> that makes no sense. Why wouldn't you just have it in the gym? Like, yeah, I would. Okay, like, wait. Er- I'm Ernie's propose... role is very tenuous. Like, I don't understand what he does. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna propose. <laughs> I'm gonna have... propose something. I went to a public charter school. Uh, it was very small. I'm so sorry. And, and we often had to. We often had to have events outside of the school because our school was very small. So I'm gonna say oh. that the the Power Rangers all go to some kind of magnet school. <laughs> <laughs> This is the worst. It's like a gifted. It's oh my god! This is actually brilliant. It's a gifted kids school, and that's why like Skull and Bulk are there because they're like the really fucked up creative kids that are like savants. <laughs> oh god! Like those, or or their parents are just stupid Bul- rich, Bulk's and they're like, my kid rich. is gifted. My kid isn't prob like my kid isn't a problem or a bully. My kid is gifted. Yeah. And then they just put their fucking rich, shitty kids in these, like, magnet schools. You don't know this because you couldn't possibly. <laughs> but uh, in the episode that is about to be released, I talk about my theory that Bulk is a rich fail son. I, I truly <gasps> believe. I truly believe that this that's is the case. <laughs> so it, though. Like, that's got to be it. Because I was watching this and I was like, the only people that are alive that are allowed to be this shitty are rich kids. Like, <laughs> there's... No way that if you were poor, like in this, it, maybe because this is like the 90s, right? Before parents start suing everybody. But like, there's no way your kid could be this much of an asshole and not like get in so much trouble or like get their parents sued into non-existence. Like, there's just no way. They're too, they're too much of an asshole unless they're the rich kids. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. My, my theory, my theory is still that Skull is poor. But he's like he's just like a hanger on to Bulk's rich shenanigans, basically. Oh right, yeah, because it's like all those like rich punks like in high school and like college and stuff that like hang out with them because they have like a credit card and like like their parents' money and stuff, and they right. can get all the alcohol and shit and pay for their squat. Yeah, like that's gotta be it. Exactly. Mm. It's like it's like Bulk's the one that's like, you know, after school at the McDonald's, like paying for everybody to have a hamburger, <laughs> you know, and that's why anybody puts up with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's so it. It's like if you had an in to Team 10, right, with like Jake Paul and the rest of those kids, right? Would you not if you were a poor kid? Yeah, I would scam some fucking ri- like I'd be some rich kid's friend for money if I had that option as a kid. I never had that option. Like, <laughs> I I grew up with other poor kids for the most part, yes. so like none all of us were just friends legitimately. Like, but yeah, I don't know. That makes a lot of sense though. It could be true. Despite how annoying they can be, sometimes you just put up with it because hey, it's better than being out in the streets, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking as a poor kid, a lot of my friends were also poor, but I did have I didn't have any like rich friends growing up because those people just hang out in a different world. But I had did have a few like upper classish friends that like didn't live like a completely marginal existence like most of the people that I knew. And I loved going to their houses. Man, 
Like they, they had, had snacks. <laughs> yeah, they had snacks for days. You open the cabinet, you got all these snacks, bro. What's oh, and you're allowed you're allowed to eat them, not like at your house where they're like, "Don't you dare fucking touch you the can, snacks." You, like, if these <laughs> snacks are gone in a week, you're in trouble. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like these snacks have to last us a whole week. Like you can't just be like digging in there like a raccoon. All yeah, the time. Like, but then you go to you go to the kid's house where it's like dad is like a chemical researcher, makes like eighty k <laughs> a year or whatever. Yeah, and it's like they got they got you're, you're just pulling out the whole box of gummy bears just eating the whole thing just that's the yeah, best they got, and they're like <laughs> and they're like got they got snacks like when you arrive you're like what like they roll it out for you they're like here's your after school snacks like after school snacks what <laughs> this is really this is bringing me back this is nostalgic right here being a poor kid and being a poor kid in the 90s <laughs> that's in the-, the essence of power right <laughs> <laughs> I feel like snacks are about the same cost too. Like if anything there's a lot cheap they're a lot cheaper. Like I remember feeling like hot Cheetos were like crazy expensive when I was a kid. Yeah. So the next part of return of an old friend basically after the parents all congregated and met up and whatnot and Rita Repulsa's uh, monster trapped the parents. The Blue Ranger actually was mind controlled by Rita much in the same way that Tommy was, just maybe not as powerful. And brought the dragon dagger to Rita. And without Tommy, who is normally the pilot or at least the dragon rider of the dragon sword or, you know, any other sort of backup to face against the dragon sword at the hands of Goldar being able to control it. The episode ends with the Power Rangers kind of in disarray, not knowing what to do. And then Tommy shows up to the lunch cafeteria and goes... Hey, where is everybody? And then it goes, dun, dun, dun. The episode ends. I just thought that that was like a fantastic episode. It was another episode testing the Rangers' limits and kind of like pushing them past what they were normally able to do. You know, because they sort of poke fun at the whole basis of, I just have my ultimate I win card and that's it every week. You know, so they're like, oh yeah? Oh yeah? You think you can just ride out the Dragon Zord? Or ride out this power up till the ends of time without getting challenged in some meaningful way. And this was a good way of the writers to do it. Thought it was a fantastic episode. Uh, it really had you. We've experienced now a couple episodes in the in the filler guide without Tommy at this point. And so, like getting Tommy back at the end of it, you're like, oh shit, Tommy's coming back, dude. And like that whole that whole feeling and rush at the end just makes you hype to watch part two. Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah! I just want to say uh, the only thought I had when watching this last part of the episode was that Dragon Dagger is the dumbest name for a weapon ever. It's actually <laughs> Dragon Flute. So it, what? It's actually Dragon Flute. My, that was my bad. So <laughs> yeah. it's called Dragon no, no, Flute. No, Dragon Dagger is in there though. I wrote it down. Oh, like when I was taking notes, somebody said dragon dagger like twice. And I was like, that is the worst alliteration ever. Like, that is so stupid. It's not introduced not as a dagger, though. Else. It's introduced so as a weird. flute. A and they're like, yeah, play the flute, the Tommy. Sound. Yeah. And he puts the dagger to his face and it makes a trumpet sound. Oh, OK. I think my brother had that toy. Oh, dude! I think it's my a brother had that toy. toy as a kid, and was like, I think we've like fought over that toy. Actually, I'm sure. it's a dope ass toy. 
Yeah. Uh, they need to bring that back. That thing actually is really cool. Dragon flute is a way better name for it than dragon dagger. Like, it makes me mad. Like, the it makes me mad. Anyway. They definitely must have misspoke because it is dragon flute. <laughs> I knowingly miscalled it uh, dragon dagger. Dragon dagger sounds like an insane clown posse song. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a like a really good metal band. Like it could be. Like it could be. Like it could be the band that wrote the theme for Power Rangers. Exactly. Like in the credits. Like Power Rangers theme by Dragon Dagger. <laughs> the band logo is like written like the way it's written is like in a death metal logo text. But then when you listen to the song, it sounds like Trivium or Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that name from uh, the band name from Miami Connection? You guys know what I'm talking about? What the movie Miami Connection? Uh, Connection. It, it's like this really like D grade movie that it's it's on Netflix. I think Netflix or like Amazon Prime or something. But it's about this like group of college like roommates slash classmates, and they're all like martial artists, and they all are in a band called Dragon Sound. And they all like play in this one like Florida club, and like it's a it's a ninja movie. You guys should really look into it. It's, okay. It would be a really good spinoff episode to talk about. <laughs> but that that's what it reminds me of. Like, and if you hear like the song they play, it's like this really hokey like yeah karate music, and it's like that's what it reminds me of. Dragon Dagger. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. You guys have to okay after we record this i'm going to show you the youtube video of the band playing in the fake club in miami amazing so, anyway i'm off track again <laughs> no you're fine <laughs> and then that kind of sort of leads us to the final two-parter before the season ends of course the season ends on oyster stew but kennedy's pick for one of kennedy's picks for favorite episodes was doomsday part two specifically kennedy correct what is this yeah. episode about and why did you pick it? So Doomsday as a whole is like this arc about like Rita basically is like she's going all out in a way that even like this is like bigger than even like the green with evil arc where you really feel like she pulls out some stops and like shows what she's truly capable of. This this arc feels even bigger because Rita brings her palace to Earth. And, like, captures a lot of the town residents and all of this stuff. And it's, like, it's, like, really high intensity. And it basically feels like this is her big move. Like, this is Rita's, like, final play. And Doomsday Part 2 just concludes this arc, basically. In Part 1, like, they feel like they're getting the upper hand initially. And then, like, things start to come apart. And so Part 2 is, like they're trying to recover and like things are now like sort of much worse at the beginning of part two than they thought they were going to be. Um, and uh, Doomsday also just features one of the coolest um, giant villains, which is Cyclopsis, which is this Zord that isn't fully explained exactly like its relationship <laughs> to the other Zords or anything. Um, and it looks like something out of Evangelion. It's cool as hell looking. Like, Cyclopsis just looks really rad, and Goldar's piloting it, which is also pretty cool, because at this point, like, Goldar's really been built up as kind of an interesting villain, and it's fun to, like, get him in the spotlight doing something like that. 
I just really like the fight scenes in particular in Doomsday. Like, if I was going to highlight... I, I talk mostly about the story usually when I'm talking about Power Rangers because I'm that way. But if I was going to highlight any part of Season 1 for the fighting, it's Doomsday and Part 2 in particular. And I also think there's a lot of interesting twists in Part 2. Rita makes a crucial mistake and lets herself get, get hacked by Zordon and Alpha, which I thought was really cool and like a fun... <laughs> Like, very 90s kind of moment, you know, where they're, like, stealing all her data. <laughs> and it was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is, like, before this was, like, really, really commonplace as, like, a trope, but was, like, starting to be, like, a thing that you would see show up in this kind of goofy way. And the Megazord loses an arm also, which was, like, a really cool, like, moment where they're, like, fighting with this one-armed Megazord for a while. I thought that was really cool. Basically, I think part one ends with Rita, like, summoning Lokar and bringing back Cyclopsis, and part two begins with Zordon being like, I've just barely powered up your Megazords, basically. So I, I've got to say that I thought part one was better than part two when I was remembering, because I think one of the times that I was typing on this document, I had put Doomsday, but I had put Doomsday part one, yeah. because I felt like the whole... When Cyclopsis got revived and it was like an oh shit moment, I yeah. thought that that was awesome. On top of, tight. you know, Cyclopsis's reveal. Also, yeah. like, Lokar is just fucking broken. That was another episode. <laughs> that was another part where I was just like, nah, Lokar is like, why doesn't Rita just <laughs> keep improving on Lokar? Give yeah, I, give Lokar the dragon dagger. I just thought the stakes in part two were really high. They felt like the Rangers were, were really desperate. So I like that. The fighting was really good. And then also, like I said, I like a lot of the little twists. And then um, there were some things in the ending also that I really liked. First of all, they get to finally have the moment where like they get to do the Power Rangers Day thing. Because the whole thing with Doomsday is it starts with Power Rangers Day where the town's like trying to celebrate them. So they finally get to have the moment where, like, the town is celebrating them, and that's really cool. And just, like, that's just, like, a feel-good moment that's really easy to enjoy. They also, Tommy swings by during that, and there's, like, this very bittersweet moment of, like, Tommy, because, like, he hasn't, this is, he hasn't, like, fully returned yet, you know? So, like, he's still, like, a little bit, there's, like, this bittersweetness, because this is right before Return of an Old Friend. So he hasn't gotten his powers back or anything. So, like, that's a great moment. And then, like, also, I, I like at the very end the part where Zordon asks them if they want to keep going. Like, I thought, I thought that was, like, a really interesting little story beat. And it, it also, like, it implies a shift that, like, signals that this season might be coming to an end soon. Because it's like, hey, Zordon's like, hey, guys, you kind of kicked Rita's butt. Like... The situation has changed significantly. Like, I don't necessarily need you guys to keep being the Rangers, you know? I thought that was, like, a really interesting... So I, I thought, like, Doomsday Part 2 just, like, brings together a lot of different really interesting and kind of feel-good story arcs, and it was just an enjoyable watch. Yeah, I agree. So those were your two favorite episode picks. Yeah. And I don't... Between Gung-Ho and Doomsday Part 2, I don't think that they're by any means bad picks. I don't heavily disagree with them. I thought that they were great episodes. Yeah. I just thought that like Return of an Old Friend Part 1, like Doomsday Part 2 and Gung Ho were like 8 out of 10s. And like Return of an Old Friend and Green with Evil Part 4 was like 9 out of 10 for me. The other one that was an oddball that I picked was Peace, Love, and Woe. And 
originally when I had spoken to you about this off recording, Kennedy, you were like, dude, I don't understand why you like this episode so much. And I was basically explaining like, this is essentially what an episode would be like if Billy was the leader instead of Jason. And because this oh, was the God, episode, because yeah. this was the episode where Billy stood up to himself. Like they were, they were kind of like lightly ribbing him for not having a date yeah. to the dance. And he was like, you know what, guys? Like, listen, I don't want to dance to meet somebody. You know, I want to. Oh, oh, wait, I wrote the line down. Hang on. I don't want to dance to attract girls. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the exact line. He's like, I don't want to do bodily motions to attract. Like, he, he talks about it in his own nerdy way. But yeah, he no, basically says. He gives says, us real, like, sapiosexual vibes. Like, <laughs> I'm a sapiosexual. Yeah, like, I only believe in a girl's intelligence. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see looks. I'm only attracted to your brain. <laughs> I'm not going to front. In this episode, this is specifically the episode where I think that Trini is like, Billy, I'm here for you if you need me. Uh, please admit to me that you have a crush on me already so we could go out. Please. Notice me, Sentai. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get that, but like I like I didn't get that from Trini, but also I like I don't I, I missed that like context. But I just think like they they obviously just want Billy to date himself. Like it, it's really <laughs> gross. Like the the girl they got to play his love interest, Marge. By the way, nobody was named Marge in like the nineties. That's not like a teenage girl name that was ever popular. Like in the 90s that's so stupid but she also like looks like she's in her 30s like they don't even try to age her like they, the way they aged her down was to put her in like culottes and that was it and then she has this like super dry like she almost has more wrinkles than i do and i'm 31 and like <laughs> did you did anyone else notice how old she looks like I just noticed how creepy she was, honestly. Like, she felt oh, like she a... Oh, she's so bad. She felt like a Bates family member or something, you know? She's like, yes, yeah. I would love to spend some time with you at the park, Billy. And she's just that's, like... That's a capital you know idea. <laughs> she looks like a spelling bee winner. <laughs> <laughs> you know she's winning spelling bees. You know she's bringing home those Ws. <sighs> She just looked was so such a bad actress too. Like the other actors, like you could tell they have way more potential, like underneath the surface. This girl was like on some kind of drug or something because she was just so bad. The whole like there's that part when she's in the cave and she like yells out and she's like, ah, or something like that. It's something horrible. Ah. And just like, ah, instead of like, ah. It's she, literally, she, ah, <laughs> and you're just like, what is this? She definitely felt like she was bought from a third piece of film. Like they bought the <laughs> Japanese footage for the action scenes. And then they bought her from like a bad Shakespeare play or something yeah. like a community theater group or something. And like just green screened her in. <laughs> it's like what you imagine 90s acting to sound like. Like that that's yeah. it. Like when you imagine okay, 90s acting, that's what you that's what you imagine in your head for someone to act out those lines. It was like an lines. after school special. Like yes. she felt like she was just like acting out of like 
like walking in on someone overdosing, like an after school special. Ah, acting straight out of goosebumps. She, yeah. She, she, oh, yeah. she walks straight off the seventh heaven set and straight <laughs> straight into Power Rangers in the same outfit. Marge, <laughs> freaking Marge. Didn't even change yeah. her name, character name. <laughs> I just I like that line that she has towards the end. That's a capital idea. I just like, can you shut the fuck up? Oh my god, nobody talks like that. She's an incel. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's Volcel. Way worse. <laughs> oh. uh, I agree. If you're going to throw out an honorable mention, I'm also going to throw out an honorable mention. I mean, it's not my honorable mention. It is legitimately one of my favorite episodes of the season. It's a <laughs> 9 out of 10 episode. Why, why, you couldn't convince me otherwise. Uh, like I said, this is the rare... So this is probably the biggest episode of Billy's development as a character. Before that, he was kind of more just like, I don't fit in. Why are you guys hanging out with me? Am I just like your clown gesture, gesture or something? Until Grab then, a Billy Stan. That's that. That's what he's getting at. I am a Billy Stan, but like I said, this is where the Blue Ranger takes charge because. Mm-hmm. He arguably had the toughest villain outside of the Green Ranger prior to the Green Ranger showing up. Like, the villain that he had was some ice witch who is about as powerful as Rita. Yeah, really powerful. She controls the sun! The sun! And she trapped all of the rangers except the Blue Ranger. It was legitimately up to him to save the day, put his brains together... And use his weapon effectively to to get rid of the of the enemy. And I thought that that was an amazing, brilliant episode. And it it was his best moment. Like I think, even as the season went on, as the season finished, that was his best moment. And it was it was actually I think it was a it was a fantastic episode. Outs- like we can make jokes about the girl that they picked for Billy, but you know if they're gonna go for like I'm the smart, quirky girl stereotype, like they're gonna do it like that. Especially in the 90s. They're just not yeah. going to make her look hot. You know, she's just going to be unattractive, unassuming. But she's, my God. She's going to have it, a big, beautiful brain. Yeah, big, beautiful <laughs> brain for you to get hard on. I, I wanted to throw out just a quick honorable mention before we move on to worst. And just say the green candle part two, I thought, fell short in some ways. But that arc really incredible and I, I i thought i was honestly i thought from a storytelling perspective it's really touching how tommy is struggling to confess his feelings to kim and then he loses his powers and he's in this like place of not knowing where he's gonna go and kim's like it's okay because i'm into you and it's just like ah, and that was just like a really like like of like there's like a lot of like touching like quality moments where like the Power Rangers I feel like shines through some like good examples of like human behavior and that was like a really top tier one where Kimberly was just like it's not about you being a Power Ranger or not I just like you at the end there and I thought that was like really just like that's a that's a really affirming thing to teach children <laughs> you know I agree uh it's also one of like three heroic sacrifices in the show. Yeah. And it, it's really felt up. It's a real it's genuinely a great episode. I just think that the the rest of it doesn't quite match up to the the green with evil highs. With no. some of the other two parters. 
That's why I said it's just an honor. It's just an honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, it, like honestly, in any other show, that would be one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, because it, it's written really well. It's just really awkward when you have some of the best moments ever in Power Rangers history in the first season. <laughs> it's a lot just of good the. Stuff here. I mean, that's almost like a good problem to have, you know? Yeah, but that also means it's like all downhill from there, you know? Like, because it's such a strong first season. Like, the fact that they had like 60 episodes is like mind-blowing. That's a lot of TV to write. Oh, yeah. That's and And they kept it like, they kept it pretty interesting throughout. Like, you'd think in 60 episodes, like, it would be kind of tired, like the formula. But they do like a decent job of like keeping you interested and like, highlighting the different characters and stuff and like kind of adding more interesting elements as they go like it's a yeah it's a feat i think i just could not imagine writing like 60 20 minute episodes of anything that sounds like a it's crazy and and then an ensemble piece too that's not a lot of time to highlight different characters you know yeah and i feel like they we talked about it before kennedy but i do feel like they did a great job of having highlight episodes where each character gets their moment to shine over Mm -hmm. the course of the 60. It was definitely really, really good. Unfortunately, these episodes weren't very good. Here's our pick for worst episode. I'm going to start off with my pick. My pick was high five. (laughs) And when I said it, you disagreed. Just a a little bit. I'll get into why. And I don't understand. So high five Mm -hmm. is the Trini highlight episode. Where the episode immediate this follows up the intro. This is their follow-up. This is their layup. And it just just the worst. The fucking worst. And just just really quick, I just want to say, go back and listen to our first episode of this show. We did a whole episode just about the intro episode because it's that good. So this is like it's you're going from like 10 out of 10 to like one out of ten instantly. It's pretty incredible. The episode starts off with Trini going. Whoa, Jason, you got to be careful up there. You you might fall. And then they're all like, Trini, calm the fuck down. Jason knows what he's doing. <laughs> Trini's like, you wouldn't catch me up there. So automatically, this yeah, is where you would catch up. Trini up there. You know what I'm saying? Right. This, is, this is the Heights episode. And that's basically the episode. So the episode revolves around Trini... Uh, rescuing Billy again. Like I've been telling you guys, the signs have been there. Uh, Trini true, rescuing true. Billy from a bunch of putties, and Billy decides to navigate up a mountain while escaping from putties. While Trini is giving chase and trying to like help Billy fight off the putties, because you know Billy is still like a beginner martial artist at this point. Is he really? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay. I I was wondering about that because I was like. Well, yeah, there's some like incons. There were a lot of tonal inconsistencies here, as uh, as far as like what they were able to do together and by themselves in a fight. Like, I don't know if you noticed that, but like when the putties surrounded like Jason and Zach and and Kimberly, there were like four putties overwhelming them. But like Trini herself could like take out like I don't know. It was just like super weird, right? Like it was like oh, like they're powerful. Suddenly they're helpless. Suddenly they're powerful again. <laughs> Like, I was like, just make up your mind about how you want to do this in this episode already. Yeah, no, Billy in the first, the very first episode of the season is being trained by Jason to be a martial artist. Oh, okay. Yeah, so as time goes on, it's kind of explained that way. Trini just, 
I don't know. Like, all of the acting fell on its ass. Nothing worked right. The only reason why it's a part of the viewer guide mainly is because this is how they explain the communicators. And that yeah. interacting with the communicators, you're not only able to talk to Zordon, but you're also able to warp back to the command base. So essentially, you have like a, what is it, like a feather or an escape rope in a video game? We're just whoop, 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 back to the nearest Pokemon Center. <laughs> so, you know, that type of stuff, pretty cool. It's okay, except it's completely ruined by the fact that Alpha 5 is like, what's up, my homeboys and homegirls? What are you also, guys doing in my hood? God, and I'm like, oh, 90s. Also, Alpha has this moment in High Five where he just freaks out for no reason. And it's just like, this is supposed to be like a comedy bit, but it's just Alpha 5 running around while the Rangers are like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's totally awkward. I don't understand why it's there. And so the episode ends predictably, you know, they beat up a baddie and Trini no longer has a fear of heights. Congratulations. Yay. Yeah, yeah this was a really like after school, especially type episode. <laughs> like, get like, overcome your fears. Like... That's not how phobias work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it just didn't have any of the inventiveness. It was actually insulting to watch because like I like we said this is literally the episode after the introduction. I would say the episode after this one served up as a better follow-up, which was teamwork. And teamwork had them all basically like we're going to use our zords individually to team up against the monsters, you know, and like them having to figure that out. That was yeah. a better canon episode and a better follow-up. But, you know, unfortunately, we had to watch this one. And it does explain a couple of essential things. It's just, my God, bad acting all around. <laughs> so just bad. everywhere. Everywhere. It's all bad. All of it. My favorite line from this episode was, like, I think it's Zach that says it to um, to Bulk in the gym. And he's, like, holding out the rope for him. And he's like, if the rope fits, climb it. And it's like, it doesn't, that's... Not a thing that anyone says, nor does it make any sense. Like, it's just some of the dialogue here. You're like, you're sometimes you're watching, you're like, okay, this is just like whatever. And then you hear a bit of dialogue that's so stupid, you like have to rewind it to make sure you heard it right. Yeah. If the rope fits, climb it. What? Yeah, if the rope fits his hands. Like, what is Zach sold it? Oh, what? <laughs> It was just so lazy. It's like, God, just I would rather him say nothing at all. Like, that's like how bad it was. But yeah, every once in a while in this show, you'll just get a bit of dialogue and you're like, man, they were just really struggling on that line, weren't they? Like, nobody could think of any anything else at all. Not even like something normal to say. Like, nope. shut up, Bulk. Like, <laughs> Bulk's like 350 pounds trying to climb up a rope and then... He does this because he's trying to not be emasculated by Zach. And it's like, right. dude, you kind of started it and you got into it. So I guess he's going to, he dug his grave. You fucked around and you found he, out. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to lay it in out. So he tries to climb up this rope and the ceiling just breaks apart. He gets like drywall in his mouth, probably yeah. with asbestos because this is a 90s school gym. So there's no telling. And they, they don't instantly go, wow, Bulk. You got drywall in your mouth and potentially asbestos. Maybe we should take you to the nurse. They just all point and laugh. 
It's a sad state of affairs, really. There's such, like, (laughs) again, this is why I think, like, nobody is ever super mean to him. They're just kind of, like, dismissive of him being, like, a bully. They're like, whatever. And, like, (laughs) this is why I think he's, like, a rich kid, like, for sure, is because there's, like, only rich kid bullies would get away with being such dicks all the time and not getting their, like, their asses kicked. Like, because they never really get, like, they get humiliated, kind of, but it's, like, always self-inflicted. So it doesn't ever, like, it's never, like, comes off as cruel at all. And it's, like, it's always them just, like, having constant self-owns, you know? Oh, a thousand percent agreed. Yeah. Kennedy, you're gonna have to explain to me why you didn't think that this was the worst episode of the season. (laughs) And that you were able to write, this was the episode that he watched and he was, like, Dude, I could I could do a whole Sensei Truther Club about this episode. I mean, totally. Yeah, there's a lot that could be said about it. But yeah, so the reason why I said High Five wasn't the worst is specifically because this is from the perspective of just having to watch this stuff and like, what did I get some pleasure out of? I laughed a lot while I was watching High Five. Like, a lot. How, okay, how um, baked were you, though? I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna answer important. that question. But um, we don't do drugs. But uh, but uh, but I laughed a lot during. I, Kennedy, I will, say that, I will Kennedy. say that I was no more or no less baked than when I watched like any of the other episodes. Let's just say that much. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I laughed a lot during it because it was just like so stupid. They use this word morphitudinous that I wrote <laughs> yeah. down because I just I like it's most they, morphitudinous. They, they they. I was wondering what the fuck they were saying. That's what they were saying. Yeah, they like Morphitu- oh they like God. sometimes have these like morph words that they make up and morph right. Like they're trying to like curse or something like like in Battlestar where they have to say frack. It's kind of, except it's like they're not even like replacing swears. They're just replacing cool words with cool <laughs> words that feature Power Rangers slang. And they're trying to also keep their identities a secret while they use bizarre Power Rangers slang that doesn't make sense to anyone else. Right. Anyway. As, um, if, as if nobody's heard them say, like, morphin time a thousand times, right, in their town. Right. I, I just thought there were a lot of things that, like, even though it was, like, a very terrible episode, at least kind of made me laugh about it. The villain Bones is, like, really bizarre <laughs> in this way that, like, cracked me up a bunch of times. The way that Bones, Bones is the best part about nowhere, this episode. Oh, for sure. He's so he's so weird, and I don't understand like what the thought is behind his character at all. He like, has it seems like so you the guys most know... random powers. I, this, I was like, gonna wait, say sorry. He has this power city or this sorry this like party city toy sword that he whips out, <laughs> and I just can't. That killed me. I died uh, when Bones pulls out the fucking Party City little, like, whoop, 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 little saber. <laughs> like, I was just like, what is happening? Yeah. Well, okay, and then he transitions from, like, a skeleton in a cape and a hat to, like, a knight in armor. Yes. Right? Is that what happens? Because I, like, looked up. It's like a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah he like evolved but like what is the story there i wonder nope. what the japanese story was there because let's like okay the cape and the hat and the bones did not connect at all to a suit of armor like not even in the slightest so he's actually the like, japanese the demon he's actually a japanese demon matador 
So you're supposed to be like a matador-like character. Oh. And basically, uh, in a Japanese video game, when you level him up to a certain level, he evolves and becomes a different demon. Why couldn't they just like rewrite that? Because that's much more like that makes way more sense. Because the the char- like bones could have been anybody, right? Right. Like, well, yeah. That could I mean, have been any monster. The monster did not matter. Except, because, like, except I made all that shit up. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> But see, you already wrote a better episode than this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, maybe three people will actually get the inner joke within that joke. <laughs> Basically, there is a uh, Japanese video game series called Shimagami Tensei, which has a bunch of spin-off series that have done the game series like Persona. And in that series, it has like Pokemon catching type mechanics in it, except you collect demons. And in the Shimagami Tensei series, there is a, is a demon called Matador. And he looks exactly like Bones, except, you know, a exactly. little bit better dressed. And, and in that game series, you do level them up and they evolve into a, a different demon. Or maybe not specifically Matador, but just the demons in general. There is some of them that do that. Yeah. So there, there was a kernel of truth within that story, but it was an elaborate bit. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I just rolled with it because I was like yeah that sounds fine whatever but like <laughs> at least it would it made some sense of it because it doesn't it make sense. any sense it doesn't make any sense no and I just need to episode. know like what originally was that character supposed to be because like what they they could have just they, it didn't integrate into the story at all like you were just like why why do you look like that why do you turn into that like I know, I want to go. What does watch this have that. to do with anything? I want to like, go watch the original Super Sentai episode with bones in it. Really bad. Yeah, like, now. are they available online? Because that would be a that would be a good like whole other series you could do. It's an <laughs> entirely like it's one. an entirely different show, Rara. Like, I know you understand that it's Japanese footage, but like, even the storylines themselves are just Wildly entirely different. different. Yeah, I watched some Super Sentai Gingaman, which is like. Power Rangers Galaxy mm-hmm. and like it's completely different. It revolves around horses and shit. <laughs> like the 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 American one is about space. Like this, this is like a this is like a completely It's like they're trying to make their jobs harder cuz it's like don't you feel like nowadays in order to do anything like American it's just like literally like producers and networks being like oh just take that and make it english with english actors and then you have a a show and it's lower effort than coming up with like this is a high tier effort to fit all these random elements in here but like then they have one like this where you're like ah that's right these were not filmed for this storyline and it's so incredibly obvious but it's also like they could have come up with a cool story for him and there was like no nothing there was nothing yeah this is definitely the most test screened episode i will say (laughs) out of the ones that we've selected speaking of test screened episodes i don't know how this one made it past kennedy's you're pick for worst episode my pick had to be wheel of misfortune yes so this is this is a funny one in a way because it's like we just talked about sometimes like the mashup of like japanese and american footage is bad here they tried to weave it together and it would have been better if they hadn't 
Like it that it's it's a very unusual case because the whole thing with Wheel of Misfortune it revolves around first of all I just got to say part of the frustration with this is this is like a Kim episode. This is like a Kim highlight episode and we talked about in the last episode of this show how Kim is like a pretty good character that doesn't really get the like full treatment that she deserves in season one, especially, but like is like one of the strongest characters, arguably like when she gets to shine and like, here's a a chance where like, hopefully she's going to get to shine, except no, this episode doesn't make any sense. It's a stupid nightmare place full of bad ideas. (laughs) So wheel of none of the plot works here. No, none of it. It was such a, it was so flimsy to begin with. And you could tell it's because they were watching this, like the original episodes and were like, wheel, <laughs> that's cool. Like It's like, also they were just the like, wheel, right? They had, by this point, it's like their producers had told them after green with evil guys, you really have to make the Japanese and American footage make sense together. You know, like we paid for like, all this shit. We got to like use it. All of it. Yeah. Fucking all of it. And, and, like, and like it needs to be coherent in some way. Like it can't just you can't just bring this stuff out of nowhere. Like and so like they're looking at this like this Japanese footage of like a spinning wheel thing <laughs> attacking the Megazord. And they're like, OK, how do we. uh Ah, uh, grand grandmama's spinning wheel. Like <laughs> my grandmother used a sewing machine like she didn't. Like this is like spinning like, wheels. It are was implied. Way... <laughs> it was implied that the grandmother used the spinning wheel. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, they came up with sewing machines in like the 1800s. When was she using a fucking like? Was she maybe it was like, her grandmother's spinning wheel? <laughs> but if they explained like, ah, oh, it's been in my family for generations. My you know great 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 grandma. All they had to do is add that little line of dialogue for it to make some sense. But it's like they just kept saying my grandmother's spinning wheel and just like just shoving that down. It could have been a dreidel. Just make Billy Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) But it could have been like it could have literally been solved with one thing of like dialogue It's like, yeah, my great, great, great grandma worked a loom or whatever the whatever you fucking use a spinning wheel for making cloth. Right. They could have did uh, they could have did Beyblades. Yeah. Let it rip. My grandma's Beyblade. <laughs> that would be incredible, actually. <laughs> you see Bulkit Skull just, playing Beyblades my, in the lunchroom? My grandma's Yu-Gi-Oh like collection. Playing... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I inherited that blue eyes white dragon from my grandpapa. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? Fucking spinning wheel. Like, how? Like, it was just so, like, flimsy to begin with. And then they just, like, it kept kept getting worse from that point on. I don't even really remember most of the episodes. I was, like, mentally and emotionally checked out. So. So I would say there is a Japanese game that's been around for, like, I think over a century that was prior to Beyblades that essentially is spinning tops. My idea for an episode could have been like, hey, guys, I found out about this brand new game and or whatever. And it's like Billy and Zach fucking, you know, letting it rip in the middle of the in the middle of the cafeteria and bulk and skull join in or whatever. And then Rita's like, oh, these kids are having fun. I've got to ruin their day. So like she then like steals bulk and skulls Beyblade 
and like fucking enlarges it and makes it a kaiju. That would have made for an infinitely more interesting, yeah. interesting episode other than the main interesting part being the fact that Kimberly's grandmother was a plantation slave owner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just want to say too, like I, even if it wasn't that elaborate, like they were fighting other monsters as well as the wheel. Like they, like they could have just been like, the wheel is a spell that Rita casts. That's it. It's just a spell. It's just an offensive spell. This is a magic card. It's fine. Like, we don't need to like explain the, it. You know? Wheel, yeah, right. It's an artifact. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, um, also, I just in terms of, like, the whole thing is so bad, but I just have to highlight one other really bad thing about the episode. Tommy gets captured by putties because he had his communicator off for no apparent reason. That's like a whole major plot arc is that Tommy had his communicator off for no clear reason. Like they didn't, this is another thing where like just a little bit of change would have made it acceptable because like, if it was like he didn't have his communicator because something happened to it or like he left right. it in like a really inconvenient place and he realizes it and then it's too late or something like that. It's like, no, it's in his gym bag, which is on his shoulder. His communicator is in his bag. That's the situation. That this is the problem is that it's in his bag instead of on his. Like, come on, this is yeah, so dumb. Yeah, like a much more like interesting plot point. I left my morpher like, in the bag. We just need a reason. Yeah, it's like we just need a reason for him to be powerless. Like, yeah, for some arbitrary reason. Well, like, he yeah, doesn't. He doesn't like... want the sweat to go on the communicator. You know, this is the nineties. <laughs> they haven't mastered waterproof communicators yet. Technology. <laughs> No, Plus, no, but the, no, they, I was a they kid. They mastered no. physics enough to like transport Hold their molecules. Hold on. I was but a kid. not waterproofing their fucking communicators. I was a kid in the 90s and I was a poor kid. I didn't have fancy stuff and I had a watch that could go to like 20 feet underwater or something like that. Okay, so, but uh, do you have one that could take take you across dimensions? Into the command center in like five that's seconds. That's such flat. a like flaw. No, that's like, what the would, that's what the blunt so, is for. It it's just so it would be actually so funny if that was a plot point where it's like they have these like communicators where they can literally travel through like time, like travel through like space and like like basically like in fucking Star Trek. And but it like if you get if you splash water on it, it's useless or <laughs> it just like breaks. Yeah, I mean, anything they could have explained Tommy needing to like be held out of the fight for a little while and and the tension of that so many ways, but their way to explain it was, I put the communicator in my bag instead of on my wrist when I left the gym because they could have like just had him twist his ankle or something and be like, ah, I'm out, guys, sorry. <laughs> Any anything would have been better, almost <laughs> like. <laughs> And even when he gives the line, the that actor is usually pretty solid. But I remember this in particular. He's like, he's just like, oh, left the communicator in the bag. And it's just like a really <laughs> shit. It's just like a, like it's like a Beavis and Butthead delivery or something. It's just like a really crappy. Like you think they like filmed that after everything when they realized it was like a giant pothole and they're like, fuck, we gotta go back. Get Tommy back on the stage. Get, uh, get Tommy back on the soundstage. You got to film this one line. <laughs> get him in makeup, please. I Honestly, yes. <laughs> yeah. I will respect, say. Respect to that. 
Tommy acts like the biggest simp in this episode. He is constantly, he is harassing everybody about that wheel. He's like, did you see the wheel? Did you see the wheel? Did anybody see the wheel? My lovely lady friend over here, her spit, her spinning wheel, uh, I, uh... <laughs> Seems to have uh, disappeared. Uh, I'm going to need some answers because uh, nothing can happen to my sweet princess, precious, over here. Uh. And because Zach's the only black guy in his high school, they just profile Bulk and Skull instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, <laughs> just a ridiculous yeah, episode Yeah, just a terrible, altogether. terrible episode. And honestly, like, I couldn't even really that much figure out why it was considered required watching which also that was on a watch list because yeah not a necessary to any plots i don't think in the overarching like right like whereas high five we all must concede that like there is a plot point that matters which is they get the communicators for the probably one of the dragon zord things or Um, whatever uh, i think it's oh yeah actually i do remember what it is it's the ultra zord uh titanus Helps them form the Ultra Zord for the first time, which is like oh, the biggest, okay. the biggest Megazord transformation that has existed so far. But honestly, yeah. that's not even as important as the communicators, to be real. Like they do do the, it but, a lot of times, and in fact, like after, like once they do the Titanus stuff, because this is the first appearance of it. But they do use it as their trump card, and Rita then has to figure out how to dismantle this giant tank weapon that they now have. Wait, what was different? What was, how was Titanus different from the Megazord? So like, the Titanus Ultra Zord thing is like, they f- combine, I believe with the Dragon Zord also, and all the Megazords and Titanus and form this like Borg cube bristling with <laughs> guns. Um, and it's just like, it's just very bulky. It's not, it's not the Megazord, you know, is kind of ele- elegant tank. in a way. You know, That's so it, funny to me. Oh but but like the Ultra Megazord is just this blob of gun. That- yeah, I didn't, you can tell I you can tell I did not like watch the end of the episode at all. I was I gave up. I was like I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you <laughs> I at like, all. I, this is I soon actually I think I gave up like as soon as like I stopped paying attention as soon as the wheel came out. As soon as the wheel of misfortune was summoned, I was like I'm just at, like. You cannot make me care about this right now. This is I'm not doing. I don't this. care about what happens to a wheel. Yeah, like, I skipped bits of a lot of episodes. I definitely glossed. Wow, over guys! Some wheel of wow. misfortune where I was just like, nope, this fight scene is terrible. I'm just gonna skip 30 seconds. Still bad. Skip 30 seconds. Okay, it's gotten a little better. Let's keep going. Wow, guys! I'm gonna be the only one here who said, "Yep, I fully watched all of them and rewatched them." <laughs> For this episode specifically, I, hey, I actually, I did, I did try to get through all of them. I was I like, you know what? Time. You know what? I, I'm gonna take up Kennedy's advice, and I'm gonna rewatch the episodes that we're gonna mention right before the episode we record. So I watched it, I think, two days ago. So I had it. I was like, I have it now in the recent memory. And uh, yeah, I, here I am listening to Kennedy going, oh, I just skipped thirty seconds here and there, just because you know, whatever. <laughs> Fuck whatever they say. Half the episodes, like (laughs) every episode's like twenty minutes already. It's a casual YouTube video right now. 
I know, but like I like to like I was like whenever I do stuff like this, I legit sit down and take notes and like I just I've been so busy, but I was like I'm going to try to watch as many as possible and I did and I was like, "Man, I'm sad that I couldn't like watch more of this because I like I was going to try to watch like all of the second part of the season and I saw how many episodes there were and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's a lot of TV." Well, well, Rara, you'll definitely have to come back. Um, because we're going to keep going and some of the other seasons that we're going to get into are very interesting. Uh, yeah, I'd, so. I'd love to come back and, and discuss things uh, in depth and actually watch everything I was supposed to watch. <laughs> so well, you now did that... fine today. So, yeah, go ahead. Now that now that you've watched our, fa- our choices for favorite episodes and our choices for worst episodes, or at least most of it, what are your thoughts on the Power Rangers now that you got to revisit it? I still think it's a brilliant show. Like, I I just obviously think it's brilliant for different reasons now that I'm older. But I can see how, like, I I just love how innovative it is. Like, I think they had a great cast. They had a solid cast. Like, maybe not, like, amazing actors, but definitely, like, people with a lot of potential and energy. And honestly, I I love it. It just kind of made me all warm and fuzzy. Like, I love the set design and the art direction for, like, the American scenes, especially because everything's just, you know, so pasteled out and 90s and... And even, like, in some of the episodes, they're like, wow, that's very 90s. Like, they literally say that. And it's, like, so self-referential and doesn't take itself too seriously. And, yeah, like, I'd recommend it if anyone's, like, out there listening to this that has, like, kids and stuff. It's definitely totally worth, like, having in the family as, like, something you watch together. But also just as you're a, you know, dumb adult who likes to smoke weed and watch stupid stuff. So, (laughs) Kennedy feels very seen right now. <laughs> seen and heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad you had a good experience watching it. I know with episodes like this, I always have to preface whenever I invite somebody on for what we know is going to be the favorite episodes. It's like, hey, yeah, it looks like a lot of work, but ultimately 15 minutes of the 20 episode of the 20 minute episodes is plot and even that kind of varies given on how many like toy combinations they decide to do uh so yeah but i'm glad you had a fun time and uh yeah we'll be sure to we'll be sure to invite you on again is there anything you would like to plug yeah follow me on twitter at island goth and then you can also follow me on Patreon, patreon.com slash islandgoth. My Patreon starts at $3, goes all the way up to 10 So if y'all want to come and support my future Twitch stream and podcast, I would deeply appreciate it. I update my Patreon pretty frequently these days. So yeah, any support is like hella, hella, hella needed and appreciated. And thanks for having me on. Hell totally. yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, it was our pleasure. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. It'll help other truthers find the club. And be sure to subscribe if you enjoyed the podcast. Our email for questions is sentitruther at gmail.com. You can follow Kennedy on Twitter at Kennedy T. Cooper. And you can follow me at Gravcast. As always, Rangers, may the power protect you.